Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV, on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benator Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. January 1st is almost here, a new year, and the temptation to jump on board a new set of self-improvement projects. I happen to believe that New Year's resolutions are especially complicated for parents. All that striving, all those impossible expectations on yourself and your children. Parenting isn't meant for the perfectionists or the right answer peeps. Parenting is made for resilient mistake makers and daring leap takers. And I just happen to have three moms at the table with me today who say, New Year's resolutions, no way. Dahlia Gobi, Shirley Stern, and Jessica Turnoff-Ferrari. Welcome, moms. Can't wait to uh, look forward fearlessly without crazy expectations. Dahlia, do you want to introduce yourself and your children? Sure. Thank you for having me. I'm Dahlia Gobi, and my um, children are Isaac Gobi, he is six, and Dylan Gobi, who is three. Woohoo! Shirley? Uh, my name is Shirley Stern, and my children are Jacob Stern, who is eight and a half, and my daughter is Sydney Stern, who will be four very shortly. Awesome. And Jessica? Hi, my girls are. Sadie, who's six and a half, and Eliana, who's also almost four. Okay, so before we look ahead, let's look back at the year that's just gone by. Um, what went well? What's that stuff that you look at and go, ah, oh, geez, if I knew then what I know now? How do, you, how do you look and say, like, how should I be doing this differently? Or do you? Well, this was a big year for our family because Isaac started a new school, being kindergarten. And I think that, you know, I don't necessarily have anything that I would have done differently, but it was just a very new place and a lot of new, um, just a new environment for our family, especially Isaac. And I think that that was the biggest thing that happened to us this year, really. Absolutely. And I'm kind of helping him navigate that. And uh, Yeah, you opened your family to this whole new world for mm-hmm. him to experience and for you to feel safe, comfortable, and confident in. So I tried to. looking to the second half, before we look at the whole year, just looking forward into January to May in a school year, what do you think um, about looking forward? What would you want to do the same or different? Well, I think that, you know, balancing the two schools is probably going to be my goal, if you will. Uh, I don't call them resolutions because I'm worried that I won't necessarily resolve or uh, do what that I, I try to strive to do. But, um, you know, I think balancing the two schools will be my biggest um, 
plan for January to May. Perfect. And I like that as for looking forward. But as we think about those resolutions, it's like, how do you stay realistic and grounded in all of that? Because for those who don't know, I mean, Dahlia's our PTO chairperson. I mean, this woman's rocking the world, doing a million projects. I don't even know how involved you are at the elementary school. So I can't even imagine how you balance those two worlds. So in a very practical way, um, does that mean just knowing that you aren't going to do two schools the same way that you used to do one school and just letting yourself off the hook and saying, oh, no, I can't do it that way? Or is it saying, you know, maybe I have to say no more often? What, what specifically comes to your mind for looking forward? Well, I think balancing, you know, Isaac was so used to my involvement here at Benet and I've set him up to think that that's how it's going to be. And I think in such a larger school, um, I'm focusing more on the classroom, and that's what I have been doing at his school. And um, whereas here at, um, at Dillon School, it's more of a wide range helping everybody and being um, involved, but it's also a much smaller school. So my commitment is not as large there by any means, but as far as... Isaac is concerned, I'm super involved because I'm in his classroom all the time. And that's really my goal. Okay, now Shirley's nodding, so I'm coming to you next. But I want to take this kernel of wisdom out of what I just heard you say. And that is, I set Isaac up to have different expectations on me. And so I think what's happening when we look forward is that it's this idea that, you know what, new years and new experiences are about change. And there's no way that things don't change in time. So you can't always be that same presence, that same experience, or keep doing exactly what you've always done as your children and your families grow and change. So letting yourself off the hook and looking at Isaac and going, you know what, this is what I, you know, you used to see me this way, this way, this way. But now this is what I'm able to give, and this is why, and this is why our family stays sane, balanced, grounded through these changes. And it's a conversation that says, and no guilt about what I can and can't do. But, and that, but I love the idea that in, your, in his classroom, you're 100%-ish um, and visible and reassuring for him, which is really why you're doing it, is so that he can see you present and there to support him should he need it. You're not just there because you've got a million extra hours in a day. <sighs> okay, so those were some good insights, I think, or perspective on um, what kind of expectations to have on yourself. And I like that you started with your expectations on yourself rather than um, asking your kids to change or be different <laughs> for the new year. Shirley, you're nodding. What's going through your mind as you hear Dahlia talk about uh, her commitments? We just, I think, live very parallel lives in that way because having one kid here, one kid in public school, um, I definitely spend a lot more volunteer hours here, I feel like, than I do at Jacob's school. But all of my volunteer hours at Jacob's school, to me, are quality hours because I'm in his class, I chaperone field trips, I do all the parties, I'm in art every Friday. So... Anytime I'm volunteering at his school, I'm in his presence. So he knows I'm there. And I don't know if in my head I think that that keeps him in line somehow because he knows that I could pop up at any time. <laughs> it's but a good strategy. I don't know, but like I don't, that's just how I feel about it. And it's, it's difficult, and I, fe I feel guilt, and I know Dahlia feels guilt, which it's like 
I already know that I do so much and like I shouldn't have the guilt because there's parents who don't show up for anything but I just I feel like <laughs> Jessica just raised her hand for the not showing up <laughs> and she and I have had this conversation but but it's not it's not you know I don't have a job my job is my kids Dahlia's job is her kids Jessica has 14 jobs <laughs> that she works through the middle of the night and you know she doesn't have the opportunity to be there so like she'll call me she'll what are they doing for this what am I supposed to send in for this and I'll tell she, we, our kids go to the same school right. so um, I don't know but this year for me is a big year for Jacob because it's an FSA testing year third grade is like a whole wow. different ball game as far as my brain goes. So what's going on in the back of my head, I mean, of course you want to be there because you want to keep him in line. Of course you want to be there to be that reminder that says, whoa, like I am always watching. Um, How do you set your priorities in terms of um, how you spend your time, what you're going to do? I mean, how do you make those decisions? You mean in my day? Well, for the the commitments, because I think what you described is when every moment I spend at his school is time I'm really content about and proud of, and it's working. And right. So you know, you made a choice of I'm going to do this, not this. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing with resolutions is if a resolution is I'm going to be everything to everybody all the time, you're destined to fail. And you've just said, no, no, I don't have to be everything to everybody. I'm choosing this. How did you make those decisions and choices? As far as what volunteering I do do at his school, um, I picked art because it was the only media, uh, only uh, fine arts where I could actually be involved in speaking to the children. You can't really do that in PE or in music or whatever. So I picked art. Annie has a double class, so I'm helping the teacher at the same time because it's a lot for her. And um, Jacob's teacher asks me for a lot of stuff. I told her up front, I'm available for whatever you need me to do in any way that I can help you. I don't want to be buried in a copy room for two hours, but if you need me to do something in your classroom that will help you, which by the transitive property helps Jacob, which by the transitive property helps me, <laughs> then I'm happy to you know do whatever you need. But I do feel that there's a different sensibility here and there. Here, I feel like I'm part of a community. I feel like I'm part of a family. We Jacob came to school here. We belong to the synagogue. Jacob goes to Hebrew. Like, Israel laughs at me every time I come through the gate, and he's like, oh, you're a slacker. You've only come six times today. But I feel like I live here. And then I feel guilty sometimes that I don't spend as much time at Jacob's school, but I feel like this little preschool bubble environment that Nancy or whoever has created here, you know, makes us want to be here all the time. And then when you leave and you get to public school, it's just kind of jarring the amount of um, limited ability you actually have to be involved in your child's day. So we're going to check up on you guys like three years from now when all your kids are in public schools and, and find out like how you keep that balance. But again, you will never leave us. I mean, because you also have these community priorities that say this is heart um, and that's kind of practical, but this is also an extension of family. Right. I have another question for you if we get back to it, but I'm going to put Jessica on for looking back, looking forward. Um, but the other question is, were you always so clear? <laughs> Those of us who know Shirley knows that she has no issue speaking up to that teacher and saying, this is what I've got, and what I've got is golden for you, and you're going to love this and use this, but don't ask me to waste my time or do something I don't want to do because I don't want to bother. So that clarity, was that a, was that a journey? Let's, I'll just finish the question yeah, with you. Is that, was, that a, was that a journey or you just, it just comes to you naturally? I think it just comes to me naturally. <laughs> but it's 
funny. Like when J- Jacob had a teacher last year, and his teacher and this year's teacher are friendly. So last year's teacher said, you know, um, Jacob's going to be in your class. You really want Jacob's mom to be your room mom. She will do everything for you. You really want her to be a room mom. So then his teacher said to me, do you want co-room moms? I said, no, I'm fine. I'm a one-man band. I don't need co-room moms. And they've sort of just trusted me. I think they get to know me. They see that I'm devoted to whatever they need me to do. And they trust me. And then I want to live up to their trust. So I think it's just... And it's part of my mission with New Year's resolutions or looking forward is... Choose your, choose your decisions based on your strengths. And so your, that is your strength and that, is, and that clarity and putting it out there in the world. And, and, and I, you know, I feel pretty confident that people don't want to do it your way and be like, hmm, you're lost. Sorry, that's, this, is the, this is what I have to give you. And you, and you aren't um, shy about that. Now we get to Jessica, who, who isn't going to go out there in the world and say, like, do it my way. This is how it is. Oh, And certain things I do. Yeah, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. Tell me about um, looking forward. Um, so first, let's Your priorities, your commitments. Okay. Yeah. So um, when my kids were very, very little, I was 100%, you know, attachment parenting I respond to every everything I carry them at all times it was you know um I was nowhere to be found for years uh-huh. because I was my I, I was doing in everything the bubble, in yes the baby and I was doing everything that they needed when they needed it and after a couple years of that I was really depleted and I had to remember, like, oh, like, I have a lot of training and careers and things that inspire me and that I'm passionate about. And I don't like cleaning up spills and toys all and day long. And putting that whole other side of yourself on Yeah. Um, it was very uncomfortable. And so I almost feel like there's, there's a, a point in, in early childhood when people who are very committed to something like attachment parenting are in sort of attachment parenting recovery because you... you Because there's different needs, you know. You can't respond to a two- and three-year-old the same way as you respond to an infant. It's no longer useful they won't for anybody. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was, a, that was a process for me. And I went back to a big part of my work um, when Eliana was just about two. And it was hard because I was like, you know, am I doing the wrong thing? There's all these moms that are with their families and doing things for their families all the time, and I'm running off to, you know, serve another community and and sing and do things that I enjoy. Um, But it was a good thing. It was a really good thing for me. It was a good thing for my family. What were the obstacles? Was it what people would judge you? Would that that someone might perceive you as not loving or caring as much? Or when you get to hearing the moms talking about the elementary school, that your girls might have wondered why you weren't as visible? Yeah, I just didn't have the bandwidth to do as much volunteering and to do as much as as some of the other moms. And um, I'm kind of okay with that. I mean, I know that you there might be some mixed you, feelings. You just knew what you needed. But yeah, I knew that, I knew, and, and here's when I knew. There was a, um, when Sadie was here in pre-K, it was the Mother's Day uh, event. event, yeah, and they asked the kids, you know, what's your mommy good at? 
And in previous years, she'd said things like, you know, making mac and cheese or whatever. And I was like, oh, God, is that, is that what I'm all about? I'm all about making mac and cheese. Um, and I was not proud of that. But that year, when I went back to work, they said, what's your mommy good at? And she said, my mommy's good at singing because she sees me at Temple singing and and she's proud of that. So imagine if we're looking forward and we look back at the stuff that happened the year before or at significant times in our lives like that perfect moment and you say, what parts do I want to own? What parts really sing to me? Then you know, yeah, that's what I need more of. And and I don't need to to think about, am I doing it all? Am I enough? Because you know that feeling that when one teacher recommends you to another teacher or when your daughter says that or when you see this huge community come together because of your efforts, that you are being true to yourself and living the way you want to be living. Yeah. Cool. Sharing our gifts. Okay. Different ones. I like it. I like it. But now what I want to do is go to the, let's throw those other resolutions under the bus. Let's look at all the stuff that sometimes you strive for that you think, like, I am so, you know, that's only going to make me crazy. And there were some words that were thrown out this week when we were talking about it. And it was over-involved moms. It was yelling. The number one that I think I hear every year is patience, 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 as if somehow you could be a mom and be patient. So what are the things, Dahlia, that, um, that are sure to drive you crazy if you um, put that on your agenda for personal improvement for the new year in parenting? Well, you know, trigger me and buzzwords in my family is you were talking about change and that my son is not going to change and it's because of me, you know, and I want to try to get him out of that. As okay, well, time myself. out, time out, but because, I mean, I've known Isaac, I've known you <laughs> from those baby days, and before you put all that on your shoulders, that he's that way because of you, he's that way because he's got some of your DNA, right. oh, uh, yeah, and so you're made the same way, oh, so you understand I mean. him, but that doesn't mean that you created something that was um, outside of who he really is. Oh, no, as he gets older, I totally see when he was little it was like he was a real boy he was like very wild and and, 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 in in his little ways but as he's gotten older I've seen so much more of me in him that he's very um sensitive and has these moments that I'm like oh my god you are my child whereas Dylan is right now all Adam every morsel Uh so you know and I now, as they're getting older, I can parent that way in a sense because I know more like what they're really like, and I'm sure as they get older, we all get that uh, you know ability. But the guilt that I have is it's from my mom, and you know we all get things from other people, and it's not a blame. I I I, I am I feel with, guilt all the time, the and I embrace it because I know what I'm like, and I'm not gonna change in that sense. Um, but I think, um, it, touching on what you were saying, things that are that I know I can't resolve and, and change is things that relate to change and guilt because it's just it's in me and I try to move past it but 
Well, and so that's why becoming the parent of a kindergartner is still in process for you. That four months into it, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, until I'm done with this kindergarten year, I'm not going to feel that confidence that I felt when he was coming out of a pre-K year where he was nurtured and familiar and knew the whole deal. Some of it is just letting yourselves off the hook and giving yourself time to to grow into the change, right. to figure out the nuances of the change, and to just know, I don't like change. I'll 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 take the path. I'll go that journey. But it's not it's not my strengths, and I like it. I like to be able to look back rather than to look off the edge of a cliff. Yeah, I'd like to say I'll embrace change and throw away guilt. But, like I said, you know, when we were talking about this before, I don't make resolutions because I know that, am I really going to embrace change and throw away? You'll feel guilty if you don't care. I will feel guilty. (laughs) Because it's trying to be that... It's, it's the resolutions that are trying to make you somebody else. Right. You know, when right. you look around, you go, oh, but look how well she does it. Yes. I want to be just like her. And it's like, well, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And exactly. Resolutions Shirley? should be reasonable. <laughs> like, I'm not going to resolve to be a Victoria's Secret angel by <laughs> December. It's just probably not going to happen. June, okay. I mean, possibly two years from now, but next year it's not, it's not in the cards for me. Okay, we support whatever your vision. Thank and dream you. will be. <laughs> squad goals. Sparkles. <laughs> no, I said squad goals. <laughs> so what resolutions, um, goals do you know just are not worth um, striving for in that self-improvement package? I don't really make resolutions. You know, obviously every January it's eat better, you know, lose weight, that kind of thing. From a parenting standpoint... Um, I just try to not put my neuroses on Jacob. Even if I tried to put my neuroses on Sydney with super glue, she wouldn't care. She just does her own thing. She moves to the beat of her own drum. I'm not worried about her yet. With Jacob, I see a lot of him, a lot of me and him in the same way. Things that I'm anxious about, I see have now spilled over to him. Things that I'm nervous about, he now asks about and. I got it from my mother, and I just, you know, you don't want to continue the pattern. I want him to be aware of things, and I want him to have fear in him, not necessarily the fear of God, but enough fear to act sensibly. But, you know, it's it's a difficult balance, because I am, even when we tried to meditate with Jessica the other day, <laughs> Doggy and I spoke about it, you know, like you're sitting there, you're quiet, oh, you're meditating, and if someone just saw me, they're like, oh, she's deep in thought. Yeah, I'm deep in thought of, I hope Jacob got on the bus, and I hope he can remember to give Monkey the bus driver the, right, the sure. Christmas card that I gave her, because if not, I'm not going to see her until Friday. It's like you just your head just spins, and I can see that in Jacob, and I don't want his head to spin. And and I think that is the probably one of the deepest profoundest struggles when your child is like you and you see your vulnerability or you see um, that they that your stuff sticks to them I right. like that image and and what you know is that sometimes it's 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 not sticking because you're making it stick right. it's sticking because they are so much a part of of your DNA absolutely um, so when we look forward it's like, what comes to my mind again? It's not you know me. I don't want to change any of you guys because I love, I love the quirkiness. I love the individuality. I love the uniqueness. And as the outsider looking in, 
I, I want to celebrate the stories of insanity rather and the neuroses they rather rather than saying no no this is how we're going to be and this is how we're you know I don't want those perfect families I don't want them at all they're not even good for the kids and they're certainly not good for you but what I but what I think this the secret to that what about my neuroses affecting them and, and what's the responsible good parenting thing to do I think what it is is acceptance and kindness and it's that idea of saying okay like when when you're anxious about something or overthinking something or worrying about something and you know that that Jacob has that tendency too and you go hmm Jacob let me tell you about my brain right <laughs> let me tell you how this brain works and what I struggle with and feeling okay to share your struggle, not because it has to be fixed, but because it is you and you're okay with you. So I think that's the first step of th- that takes you off the guilt hook, too, is, you know what? This is a gift I can give, that he's not alone with his, uh, whatever that word for neuroses, or vulnerab- maybe vulnerability is the word I like. Right. It's that instead of, he's not alone with it, because his mom will always understand right. when he has that struggle too. So, oh, but it's it really goes to that balancing of I want to be better, I want to change, I want to grow, I want to learn, but I don't want to fix me, and I don't want to fix them. Right, Jessica, you're writing on your board I over am, there. I am, so I don't forget what I want to share here. So, I feel like stuff sticks. That's kind of the way it is. It's like gravity, and it's not worth fighting. It's supposed to stick that's, in a family, too. Right. So they get... They you, don't, get you don't want our, your teacher stuff to stick <laughs> too right. much. Well, they get our values. They yeah. get our DNA, and, you know, they get our neuroses and our, you know, cholesterol issues or whatever. <laughs> this is the way it goes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It is the same. Right. right. Yes. And so... You know, I, I, I think I've pretty much accepted that, and I have no guilt, or, or I, I am not railing against any of that, because that's just how things work. But when I see, you know, so this is, if I were to have a New Year's resolution, and I, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to have it once a year, for me it's like a, a constant process. So my biggest issue is that my house is a mess, and this bothers me. Yes, I look at Shirley because her house is not a mess. It's perfect. <laughs> and Shirley's I, shaking her head. This is when we need video podcasts yeah, because um, she's rolling eyes, shaking head, yeah, and nodding. So I would love to have everything organized and neat all the time and to have kids who, you know, know how to do that and put value on that. But, I, you know, I have been unable to give that to them because I don't have it myself. So if I can find ways to manage and, you know, heal my own stuff, then they're going to get that too. So if I have like a very busy mind and I'm stressed out all the time, then my job is to figure out ways to observe, oh, this is how I'm doing this and it's not really helpful. I'll just set some intention to change that and observe the pattern and then see if it can shift. And they'll get that too. so, yeah, I really don't like shoulds. I feel like that's a dead end, and that's why having, like, a New Year's resolution that you can then beat yourself up about for 11 months out of the year after you fall off the wagon in January, not so useful. 
Right. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. I mean, we know those things are just going to add extra frustration to you. And what, what's that math law? The, the, the associative property? The transitive the property. The transitive <laughs> property. And then, of course, it goes right through to your children and then to every other part of your life. Um, I think in terms of the, um, the house, for example, it's such a great example. Because I can think of... It's, it's our strengths are also our weaknesses and, and vice versa. Our weaknesses are also our strengths because I can imagine in one person's house, you know, when the mom isn't the organizing, um, managing force, the children then do step up and they have to get more involved. And it's like, you don't like, you're not finding your clothes? Okay, you need a system and you might have to figure out your own. Or you might have to get your laundry to the laundry room because I'm not going to go finding it for you because I'm walking past that room and when, it just, when I just see it, I'm going to just throw it in. So sometimes other people step up where in another person's house who's immaculately kept and well organized that could be the person whose um, whose children like walk in and see things magically organized rather than them being part of the process so there's 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 no right or wrong actually I mean I think that there's great parenting and family sanity to both styles and it's just figuring out which one um, the, other, the other thing I want to ask you about though is this idea of um, that resolutions aren't for the month of January and they aren't for, um, you know, for creating artificial stress, pressure, and um, self-hatred. <laughs> but because, you, because Shirley mentioned it, you are the person who did the meditation session for our parents this week. Mm-hmm. How does that mindfulness um, as an ongoing process m- maybe create a long-term sense of growth and becoming um, or self-acceptance for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure because I don't know what life would be like without that. You know, I've done a lot of training and experimenting and, you know, exploring uh, in that realm. So I don't really know what it would be like to have a family or to have kids or to even be a person with, without all of that. Um, it's like asking a fish about the water, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do know that when Sadie, who's quite emotional, gets very reactive, I don't join her in that. It's, you know, there's a, there's a developed witness, so I can just, you know, be like, you're very frustrated, I know. Yeah. This is very frustrating. And your emotional life and is very separate from hers and from everything else that's going on in the world. Your Sometimes. piece is from within you. <laughs> I mean, ideally, but yeah. Like, it, it, at least it's, a comp- it's an everyday practice. Right. Well, I, do I know that doesn't work for all of us? And, <laughs> yeah, I, and I think that the same thing is, it's, whether it's exercise, meditation, mindfulness, or healthy eating, all of those things don't work for everybody all the time. So what I'm, I'm going to hit Shirley next and then to Dahlia before our wrap-up. And the question is, how do you take care of yourself? What are the things that help you do the things you want to do in a day, a week, a month, a year? Because I don't think it's meditation for Shirley, so it's... (laughs) It's not meditation for me. (laughs) Sorry, Jess. (laughs) Don't call me next time. Well, because we want want everybody to know that your way works, and 
And as long as you take that time to find what works for you and you're really honest about, Mm -hmm. this makes me feel better, this makes me feel... Um, rejuvenated. This gives. This makes me want to start again after I've had a disastrous evening or week, whatever it may be. Because sometimes, so what? How do you take care of yourself, Shirley? I don't know that I do take care of myself very well in a in a very honest way. Um, I definitely could eat better. I definitely could exercise more. I enjoy playing tennis, but I get to it like three times a month when I could really play three times a week. Um, I don't know that I have a great balance in my life. I feel like I'm driving a taxi and chasing my children until it's time to go to bed, and then I'm like, oh, it's bedtime. And then I wake up and do it all again, and it's like a hamster on a wheel. Um, I will say that in the last couple of years, um, ever since I was in a separation class at a little place called B'nai Torah, um, I met some lovely ladies and their children. And I think really having that group of friends and having our kids be friends and just the ability to, let's go have ice cream, let's all go out for dinner, just the moms. Yeah. Um, Jessica and I go away twice a year with two other people, and um, you might know them too, Lynn and Marnie. <laughs> so I think just having outlets where I feel like I'm doing something that have nothing to do with my kids and nothing to do with my husband and everything to do with just going out with girls and having fun and laughing and having a good time, I think that, just, and looking forward to those things, because they're not super often but you know hopefully like once a month or you know a breakfast here and there I think those are the things that keep me feeling like it's okay I'm still a person I'm still me and we can go out and have fun and then I still have to drive my taxi and do everything else but I think those things and it's true because even when you were talking about coming into the parking lot and waving to Israel it was pretty clear that what fills you up is people yeah. And is the social. For and sure. is the and, and you said it before, the community. Yeah. This extended family. And so, you know what, it's okay to be um, a little wackadoodle. <laughs> Not personally, but but in the world because that's what parenting is all about. And as long as you've got that other stuff around you that's holding in the pieces right. and, and letting you know, yeah, and if you need to fall apart, go ahead, fall apart right here with us. Right. Because we love you all the same. Okay. So I, it's a great comparison because you have to have your own way. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dahlia, you can't. Yeah, it's and it's not in terms of a resolution. It's in terms of who am I? What do I need? I mean, if we want kids, and I want them at two, four, eight, fifteen to be able to look inside and say, who am I? What do I need? Um, then I need. Uh, not as a resolution, but I want you to... She's making a crazy face at me. Okay. How, how, how do you take care of yourself? How do you rejuvenate yourself? How do you give yourself what you need to keep doing the stuff you want to do? So I don't really... Soda. <laughs> Thank you. She needed an answer really badly. Beverages. Um, yeah, I don't really have a... Um, like a thing... Um, I think that in the next couple of years, as Dylan's getting older and going into the public school, I will try to um, get a hobby, if you will, that isn't just my children or B'nai Torah. Right. Um, and that's something that I will work on. Like, I see it with my husband. He works out every single morning, and if he doesn't, you know, it's like he's missed something. And, you know, I don't really have that. Uh, Because I just haven't figured out what that is. I know it's something, and I know I'll find it. 
and um, is I it just, helping others? It, it's, I mean, right you know, now I you're think right on... now is it really makes me so happy when we have um, community events where all the kids are so happy and 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 parents come to it and involvement um, that really does fill me. Like it really does. It's a sense of accomplishment. It's I don't need a thank you. I just like to see everyone happy, and that really is what I, you know. That's what I get. But you know, look, that's my thing right Look now. at the pieces of the puzzle. To me, just knowing you in the little ways that I get to know you, is I feel like your volunteer work, your community service, is like Jessica's singing. It is your way of singing in the world. Mm-hmm. And Shirley's humor and Shirley's um, bringing us all together and making us laugh and keeping it light is, is also her song. And so maybe... It's kind of cheesy, but, you know, when you're looking at a, at a resolution, it's like, it's just everybody just singing their own song out yeah. there. So I have to wrap it. Um, whether you want to throw something under the bus and say, no how, no way, I am taking that off my plate, whether it's a moment of kindness, whether it's just, you know, New Year's resolutions past that have sucked big time, what do you know? What do you, how do you got this? that you can look into 2016 and go, here I come. I think it's my awesome family, and that's it. That I've got it because I've got them behind me, and, and it's all I really need. It's all she so really happy. needs. She's got, what she, she's got what she needs. Shirley? I just think like it's all going to happen either way, so just make it the best that it can be and be conscious of what's happening and be conscious of who you are and be conscious of how you affect the people around you. Thanks. Jessica? Yeah, for me it's, um, uh, I guess, bringing whatever gifts I have into the world and then hopefully inspiring, you know, my kids to do that for themselves and my friends and everybody else to find what it is that they uniquely bring and um, to bring it. Bring it. Bring it. And we didn't even think about, oh my gosh, like, what does this mean to our kids? You know, that they have gifts, talents, joys um, that need to be honored into the new year. Well, I wish everyone a very, very, very happy new year. Uh, the, the 2016 should be a celebration of this as a real journey. And um, each one of you as the amazing individuals that you are. I love you all, and I thank you so much for being a part of this. Happy New Year. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.